Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Hi, it's Chris Howard here on the HR on the Offensive podcast, and I'm joined today by Charlie Donaldson, who is one of our associates at Lace Partners. Uh, I'm going to get Charlie to introduce himself and give a little bit of his background at the moment. But what I thought I'd frame for today's podcast is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, As I'm uh, recording this with Charlie as we speak, we're in the midst of the uh, UK lockdown, and so people are stuck uh, behind desks in their own homes or on coffee tables uh, in their own homes. And really, that it brings up a lot of questions for HR teams that they need to think about. And one of the things that we want to talk about today is workforce planning, strategic workforce planning, because Charlie's obviously an expert in that. But I'm not going to give his whole life story because I'm going to let him do that for us. Um, Charlie, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and then uh, we'll start talking about some of the challenges HR teams face Sure. Thanks very much, Chris. I, so I, I'm. It's great to be part of Lace. I've I only uh, started with your organisation at the uh, beginning of March, um, but I've already seen a uh, a real capability in your in your team and met some some very nice uh, very nice people in the process as well. You're doing some great things for clients, and uh, and it's great to be part of that. Um, so my background uh, is I I'm a a bit of a dried up old management consultant, I'm afraid. Um, I started my career hmm. in both internal management consulting roles and then and then joined three of the the big five in 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 various modes. I've always been really interested in how people work with technology, particularly in the HR space and and that's been a, a bit of a theme through my career. Uh, once I decided that management consulting and a small family weren't really compatible uh, any longer. <laughs> um, I I left uh, Accenture where I was at the time and went and joined BP um, and did a did a few kind of reward and HR operations roles there before going and working for uh, Centrica and I was there for uh, for uh, just over eight years and most latterly at Centrica I was working with the customer operations division which are the the guys who take all of the customer calls from British Gas, Dino Rod and and a few other brands as well. Uh, in uh, in a, in about sixteen call centres in the UK and uh, and abroad, um, before I before I left there to, to move on to other things. Nice and well, I say nice, but where we're at at the moment, it's not very nice, is it? I mean, have you seen anything like this? I mean, this is a pretty unprecedented time that we're in at the moment. You know, with the COVID crisis. I've never, I mean, I'm only 37, you know, I'll, uh, I'll happily show my age there, but I've never in my short working career seen anything like this where productivity globally, but specifically we're seeing this from a UK level has just dropped. I mean, you know, you, I imagine you haven't seen anything like this before. No, I don't think any of us have, have we, have we, Chris? I mean, I, I was at, at BP sadly when um, the Deepwater Horizon accident happened and I saw a an organization struggle with a with with a, you know a tragic series of events uh, which had a big impact on the organization but as you say this is impacting the whole of society uh, all at the same time uh, and i think I, I think we're all struggling to keep up this world is moving faster than we've ever seen in our lifetimes mm. to cope with the effect of this pandemic 
Uh, we've seen governments create welfare systems in, in days that would normally have taken years or even decades to implement. Um, we've seen international trade disrupted beyond recognition. And we've seen consumer behavior change literally overnight. Uh, we've seen people migrate in even greater numbers to digital commerce through necessity, really, because they're, they're stuck at home uh, and, and don't have much choice. Um, and I think for me, you know, we're starting to see, we've seen companies already shift focus. They've started to explore new revenue streams in days and weeks. Uh, they've started to retool to create new products. I, I mean, we've all read ex lots of examples uh, of this, but a great example for me is Dyson's shift. They've gone from making vacuum cleaners, air purifiers and hand dryers. Now they're making ventilators. Um, yeah. we've seen a few examples like that. Um, or Brewdog. Sorry to interject. We've got a Brewdog yes, as well, Brewdog. making those yep. Um, yep. those hand sanitizers. Yeah, my local my local craft gin company is doing the same and actually using it as a way to generate additional um, sales too, which uh, which actually, funnily enough, has has led to the increase in my gin consumption over the last week. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure we can all identify with that. Um, but it is interesting seeing agile companies that have seen you know, have, have taken this challenge and they're finding new opportunities in short order. Um, they're creating new revenue streams sometimes in, in time, timelines that we've never seen before. So I think, you know, this is going to be with us for a while. And I think it, it, this is going to be, this whole situation is going to lead to further shocks to the global economy and it's going to continue to change the way we do business and we interact with each other over the next few weeks and months. Yeah. So in terms of the HR side of it, You've got yeah. HR teams up and down the land that have got plenty of challenges on their plates right now. What do you think some of the immediate priorities, if you think back to your time at Centrica as well, what do you think some of your some of the immediate priorities will be for, for these teams and I guess businesses on a wider scale as well? Yeah. So, I mean, look, I, I think I, I feel feel very um, much for, for my, my ex-colleagues in, in organisations that I work for. They're all uh, working with their leadership teams to try and respond in, in very practical terms to the immediate challenges that this crisis brings. Uh, they'll be working out ways of, of helping people work from home. They'll be dealing with the government's uh, approach to the furlough programme. We have millions of workers now who are uh, unable to work uh, and, and therefore being paid by the government effectively to do, to do nothing. Uh, that's bringing all sorts of immediate HR challenges as well as uh, work workplace challenges where people are still coming into work and, and need to be kept safe. But I do think that very quickly those HR teams are going to start to shift their focus beyond that initial crisis management. Mm. Uh, and as, as we've just mentioned, you know, some companies are already turning their minds to how they're going to survive uh, and, and take advantage of new opportunities that this awful situation uh, is bringing. I think companies have got a choice. You know, they, they've got a real choice at the moment. I think many companies will be hunkering down. They'll be waiting until the storm passes and hoping that there's enough of the business left when this storm does pass to carry on as normal. Some companies will be taking a good hard look at what they've got and thinking about what assets they've got, how they can apply those in different ways and how they can repurpose their workforces to help them um, do so. Mm. Uh, Strategy teams will already be working the problem. I've, I've worked with, with strategy teams in, in many organizations. They'll already be thinking through in a very creative way what they can do. You know, what revenue streams do they have that they can rely on in the future? Uh, what can't they rely on and where, they, where do they need to shift? And what opportunities are there out there that they can exploit? And all of that will have implications for the workforce, 
and whether or not you can take advantage of those opportunities or not will deter will be determined really by what your workforce can do and what they may be able to do in the future so so i think you know hr teams beyond dealing with this initial crisis actually have a really critical role now in supporting their organizations and adapting to this this horrible new reality and i think one way they can do that is by bringing workforce planning to the forefront of the offering that they give to their leadership teams yeah, see, this is interesting because I guess by its very nature and the nature of the the phrase workforce planning, you're making an assumption of, you know, thinking uh, thinking out over a period of time, perhaps giving yourself plenty of of room to to analyze where you're at. And, you know, workforce planning isn't new, but it sounds like a thought out methodical process, which I'm, it is. But this isn't. This is the this isn't a, this is a new world we're operating in, isn't it? So, can you just just talk to me about just talk to me about your thoughts around that around the workforce planning side, given this this new world that we now seem to live in? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Workforce planning isn't a new thing, and the, and the need for it isn't created by the, the COVID nineteen uh, crisis, but it's still needed, and it's needed more now than ever before. Um, but how we go about it as an HR team. Uh, has to change completely. Uh, we don't have the luxury of of uh, conducting workforce planning in the way that you just described, the way it has traditionally been done. It's traditionally been a careful, analytical process, and it's generally taken place to respond to longer term trends, the you know changes in customer behaviour or the shift of a of, of a business to a different revenue stream. Uh, and you know, when we've done this in the past, we've spent a lot of time gathering data understanding capability and skills um, you know what have we got today thinking carefully about the company's strategy and direction you know, what what do you need in the future and action planning to fill those gaps through longer term um, build buy or rent strategies so you know that question what, what do we need to do in the future but as you as you quite rightly point out we don't have the luxury of time anymore this challenge that we're facing at the moment the speed and severity of the impact it's having, it's not something we've ever seen before. And I think we need to be able to con contribute to a very fast moving conversation about what we do next and how our people, our workforce can contribute to that future. Yeah. Um, so again, putting myself in the HR director's position and we're looking at, okay, what are we, what have we got to do in the future? So right now everybody is, as you said, hunkering down. It's about, get our processes in place. It's about dealing with the now, the crisis management side, and then we emerge from it. And that's the workforce planning. And that's got to happen quickly. Um, what, um, you know, what does it mean for HR team at the moment? How do we support uh, the business through workforce planning in the current environment? You know, and I guess I'm, what I'm talking about here is that, you know, where are we at, at the moment? Who have we got at the moment? Um, what do we need to get to? And then where do we fill the gaps? And if you could just touch on those three, those three sort of questions, if you like, you know, what have we got? What do we need? And then what what do we need to do to fill the gaps? Sure. So, so look, I mean, I think that's a that's a really good way of 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 looking at it. Uh, you know, thinking again about the pace in which we need to move uh, and the way that we need to support our organisations in that in that really critical that really critical set of of questions. So, let's go through those. So, so what have we got today? So, the the starting point of any workforce planning process, whether you're doing it quickly or not, it's got to be an accurate data set of your current 
workforce capabilities. Some mm-hmm. organizations have been looking at this for years and they've got really sophisticated tools to be able to, to look at what workforce capability they have, think about adjacencies in terms of how you could repurpose those workforces where needed. Um, and they're able to identify, they will have already have a good idea of where their gaps are. And that will, those gaps will be informed slightly by the direction that the organization is taking. But we don't have time. If you don't have that information to hand already, and if you do, you're doing really well, we don't have the time to spend weeks gathering that information. So if you're in that place, I think you, you need to then think very quickly about how you get, get that information together. I think ways you can do that are that you can conduct your planning based on some broad brush assumptions. You could take a view at a job family structure level if you if you've got that um, structure operating in your organisation to make some some uh, take some conclusions about uh, about what capability you have today, or find a way to gather that data you need as quickly as possible. There will be people in your organisation who understand the capabilities that are in their part of the organisation very well. So interviewing them. Uh, would work well. You could run a quick fire survey uh, if that will work for you too. So get that information together as quickly as you can and in as uh, time efficient a way as possible. And then you need to start asking about asking questions about what we need uh, that workforce to be doing in the future. So what capabilities do we need in an organization that is responding to this crisis and trying to capitalize on those opportunities that it that it does uh, does create. Um, and this is, and that question of what do we need is the trickiest question to ask. And it's also really difficult to stay abreast of that as this pandemic turns the world upside down, quite frankly. Um, for me, my advice would be don't wait for the strategy team to present to the board the, you know, the, the way that they can survive and possibly thrive in, the, in this world. Um, break the door down. Get in there and talk to the strategy team while they're coming up with those conclusions. And and I think we have an absolute right to be sat around the table, the the virtual table, I suspect it will be sat at your coffee table having a virtual conversation. Um, Because whatever direction an organization takes, whatever opportunities they take, or whatever survival strategies they're gonna adopt, they will almost certainly be done through people. Uh, So helping them understand what we've got, what what we can leverage that workforce for, and what we can leverage those capabilities for, is absolutely critical. If you're not at the table, then you're going to end up having a conversation much later on, uh, which actually might might uh, mean that you have to go back and revisit that strategy uh, when you have a, when the, the teams have a, a, a full understanding of what they've got. Um, so I think that that's a really important piece. And then I, the last question you ask is, how do we fill the gaps? Mm. And again, time is going to be of the effort, essence. You know, generally. These build, buy, and rent strategies will operate over over months, or they will have done previously. Um, but we've probably, you know, in some cases, got weeks, days, months, if you're really lucky, to uh, to to pivot your workforce um, towards new opportunities, or to get them to work in a different way to to survive. A few things are going to be absolutely critical. We're going to have to work with agility. We're going to have to collaborate and we're going to have to innovate to retool, uh, retrain and where necessary, acquire the capabilities that don't exist in our organization already. Um, we're going to need to be we're going to need to be bold as well. Uh, we're going to have to think outside the box. So, for example, can you partner with another organization that has the capabilities that, that you need? Um, Dyson have done that with um, the technology people, uh, TTP. 
Uh, UCL have done something similar with with Mercedes Formula One to 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 retool their organisations to create ventilators in that example. Mm. And also, sadly, we have a lot of people entering the the, the job market uh, with the redundancies that have operated so far. So, have have are there skills and capabilities out there that we can take advantage of very quickly? And the final point I'd make is: Do you have any relationships? today that you could leverage to your to good effect in the future um, all options need to be considered uh, and nothing really should be taken off the table at this point in time yeah i mean it's some fascinating things that you said there certainly i think around the bit around survival strategies are done through people i think that is really a critical point that i would certainly pick out for anybody listening and we touch on that in the hr on the offensive uh, admittedly the 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 hr on the offensive white paper was written last year before that we even knew that the world was going to turn into this uh, this new chaos that we've entered however what it does talk about is how the people are the usp of your business and you know organizations that can appreciate that but then also appreciate as you said where individuals might need to be retooled or reskilled so that the company can be a bit more bit more agile i think that's fundamentally important and so certainly that's a, that's a great piece of advice to uh to, to close in on um have you got anything else that you wanted to talk about to any of our listeners if there's anything that they'd want to take away any nugget that you'd like to just leave people with yeah, I mean, I, I I remember actually when we were preparing for this conversation, Chris, uh, somebody that that I used to, used to work for a long time ago had a really big impact on my career, and uh, what they said to me once was, "Never waste a good crisis, Charlie." Um, and, and and I think this this actually you know, none of us would want to be here, um, but this whole pandemic I think does create an opportunity for HR to be right at the centre of of really critical decisions. And taking um, and the, and the around the, the direction that an organisation uh, is is going to take in these exceptional times. Um, now that will we can help organisations to survive, and if we do our job really well collectively, possibly thrive in in this in this really difficult environment. And they do that by making sure that we've got workforces that we need for an uncertain future, and capabilities that we need to be successful in a really quite unpredictable world. Yeah, certainly. And again, um, as I would uh, as I would say, I think there are some interesting things that you've pointed out around, um, you know, the usage of data, for example, getting that right. And perhaps that's been a a charge leveled at HR as a profession that it doesn't use data as as well as it should. I've I've certainly um, had a couple of podcasts with um, a couple of colleagues, which will be coming out most likely in a few weeks or months time once the the whole covid um, global pandemic um, hopefully starts to subside but i think hr being better at using data to his advantage to, to demonstrate roi is a really key point what you know what i'd also say is the bit that you mentioned is having banging down the door um, and having that conversation and HR having that conversation at board level as well. You know, our people are the USP. You need to now look towards us as a as a collective, as a as a function to be able to help to get us out of the challenges that we've got at the moment. Agreed. Charlie, it's been really, really good chatting to you. Thank you very, very much for coming on today. I'm almost 100% sure I'll be uh, knocking on your door, whether it's a virtual door or a real door, um, we shall see, uh, to try and have a, another conversation about a, a, a whole range of topics. But thank you very, very much for coming on and being part of the HR Offensive podcast today. Thanks very much, Chris. 
Cheers. And uh, we shall speak to you all soon. We're going to continue to try and run these podcasts across. Um, uh, well, we we'll run podcasts, but we're also going to, going to be hosting some webinars. Uh, at the time of recording, um, we've got a webinar coming up, which Charlie is going to be part of in about a week and a half's time. Uh, if you don't manage to catch that because you're only listening to this podcast after it's gone, don't worry. We'll have an on-demand version, which will be available at lacepartners.co.uk forward slash webinar. You can catch up the HR on the Offensive podcast as well, which is at lacepartners.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can get this podcast through any of your normal mediums uh, that you get your podcasts. So um, iTunes, um, if you uh, go into TuneIn via the Alexa app, uh, we're on Spotify as well. Uh, but anyway, you get your podcasts, you can download, subscribe, uh, like, give us some comments. And if you've got any suggestions for any topics, then please feel free to uh, to be part of uh, the conversation as well. But once again, Charlie, thank you very, very much for joining me.